Hello, welcome to IntelliCast. How about that music? Right, Brian? Sure. We're saying that as we have not heard this in this whole season since we switched recording platforms. So you're just throwing stuff out there. I'm just throwing stuff out there. Hey, listen, it's IntelliCast uh, Season 5, Episode 17. Thanks for joining. Um, it's a little awkward for me right now as um, marketing assistant podcast producer Emma is in the room. And our new intern, Mika, is in the room staring at me, just kind of monitoring and, I guess, learning and seeing, really seeing how professional this little shop is when we do podcasts, right? Yeah. Oh, they're going to be, at least Mika is going to be like, what just happened? <laughs> so if you hear giggles in the background, that means my jokes are funny and um, I'm making them feel awkward, maybe. Um, but thanks for listening. This is our first news episode in quite a while, right? Yeah, it's been, well, we only did two in April, and so it's been since, like, early April. Yeah, so um, heavy on news today. Before we get started, I wanted to talk about upcoming events. First one is the Cincinnati Scurry. May is Mental Health Month, and we are, um, Brian and I, and two other team members are doing a, an amazing race thing in Northern Kentucky for charity through Tier 1 which is a local company that helps with mental health initiatives with workplaces. And we're raising money for three different charities in the region, all mental health related. It is the, I think it's called the Children's Home of Northern Kentucky. Yep. It is the Lindner Center of Hope. Lindner Center of Hope is a mental health facility in Cincinnati that the Lindner name in Cincinnati is very powerful. Um, um, wealthy family that has donated a lot of money. The Linder name is on a lot of things in Cincinnati, including the Linder School of Business. Looking at Mika, who is a student, <laughs> she's not in the School of Business. And then the third one is the Cincinnati Children's Hospital. There's a mental, obviously, a mental health component of that hospital too. So, yeah, they do have are, a, you, are you excited? I am. Um, it's been a while since we've done any sort of like office shenanigan type stuff like this. So, It'll be fun. Uh, we got, I, I was in the office earlier today. I got my t-shirt. Team oh, yeah. made best efforts. I Team like the color. Efforts. Kudos to David Butler and Ruddy Knowles and some of the original listeners of the podcast who, I mean, we sat around and thought about names for weeks and months, five years ago. And it was right there. Best efforts was right there for the taking. We never took it, but we are going to use it for the our team name, which applies to Obviously, if you work in sampling, best efforts is kind of a funny term that we use, but um, I think it applies to mental health a little bit, best efforts. Um, So it applies to mental health. Um, And man, I'm super excited. You said we haven't done shenanigans in a while. I just got done eating cookies with the team five minutes ago. So we'd have done a little bit of shenanigans. You were eating pizza rolls when I left. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure. Let's cut that out. <laughs> yes, I was eating pizza rolls and then crumble cookies. Super healthy day here in the office. But yeah, so um, that's the first thing on the list. And you can help us by donating some money. There's links out there on our social. We'll put in the show notes. Um, but that's Friday, um, May 20th. We'll be running around in 90 degree heat looking like crazy people. Um, we have been crazy people planning for this. Sample Con just ended. I just saw a post from Mary um, thanking Rachel and the Sample Con team. Um, she's going to come back. I think she's presenting at our company meeting tomorrow. We'll talk about all the insights she's learned. I saw they had a panel of actual respondents today. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Um, love to hear what the 
panelists said, um, what what were the incentive? Do you think the, what do you think the incentive was to get them to talk at a conference? Like peanut? A, free, a free trip to LA? Oh, maybe. Yeah, I don't know where they came I from. Mean, I have to imagine they didn't just recruit L- people located in LA. It had to have been, hey, plane tickets, hotel. You come speak for thirty minutes and have a have a nice week. Yeah, that'd be kind of fun. I do it um, for that. Well, that's good. And so I'm sure all the sample come, you'll read a lot of news about that, what happened there. It's a big conference. I wish I was there, but Mary came and um, I'm sure she was awesome. Um, MMR Future of Insights Summit, August 10th and 11th in Athens, Georgia. That's the next one I'm going to be at. I'm really excited about that, being an alumni of um, Georgia and seeing all the, man, you pointed it out yesterday, Brian, all the big companies are they're oh, going to yeah. be there. Um, so I'm really excited about going and seeing my former classmates and um, seeing all the amazing sponsors and companies that'll be there. Really good content. And then let's see, September 7th through 9th is our Insta Association Conference, Fall Conference in Chicago. I'll be there as well. And I think someone else is going to be determined. To be determined. Yeah. Yep. And then in October is Insights Marketing Day. Is that right also in Chicago? O- October 6th, Insights October Marketing 6th. Day in Chicago. And who will be going there? Uh, me and associate producer Emma. Oh my gosh, Emma on the podcast twice in one day. <laughs> she did not know two minutes ago when she said, "Can we come observe?" That she'll be called out twice on the same podcast. Um, that's a big day. I like Insights Marketing Day, and uh, Priscilla. She, I talked to her quite a bit at IEX, and she's been so involved in this. And she's she's done some amazing things. I don't know Emma's currently. I'm not going to call her out to speak, but she's been doing a class. Um, with Little Bird Marketing, and she presented what she's learned partway through the class, and it was really cool. So um, shout out to Little Bird Marketing. Yeah, it's always nice to, one, you get the you get some learning in there, but also to be able to talk to some of the other marketing professionals in the industry. It's nice to, starting to build that out a little bit. It's nice. Yeah, I'm glad that you guys get to go, um, because we do all these conferences around research, and we have people on this company that do things other than research all day long, right? Yep. So you all need professional development too. Um, anything else? Should we get to news? I think we jump right into news. Okay. So go ahead. First up, and this one came out, what, two, day, two three days ago? Cloud Research and Innovate MR announced a strategic partnership to address data quality. In that, it looked like Innovate has tested Cloud Research's uh, unique data quality tool, Sentry, over the last six months, and we're doing that evaluation prior to this announcement. Yeah, so you know anything that improves data quality, I'm a big fan of, and you know our friends at Innovate, and we know the people at Cloud. We had Chesky on, I don't know, a few months ago, talking about the Sentry product and um, newer company. Um, so I'm glad to see that partnership take place and glad to see trying to improve research and trying different things. That's a little bit different than I think than a lot of companies are trying. So um, I'm a big, big fan of it. Yeah. Our next story, Schlesinger has acquired Opinion Capital, a Canadian-based programmatic sample provider. Reading into it a little bit, it says that they specialize in APIs. And I know we've all made the jokes I mean, even the people at Schlesinger have made the joke. It's been another week. We yeah. have, have we bought somebody? Yeah, they were due. 
Um, adding to the kind of the, they're building, we talked about that this morning in our meeting about they were building a portfolio of sample, um, adding to the Delvinia, asking Canadians and adding to Market Cube, um, opinion capital adds to that, along with the other assets they've, which are more qualitative focused, but putting it all together is kind of interesting as Schlesinger just compiles all these resources, um, becoming a powerhouse, but kind of big news there. Yeah. Um, we made some Canadian jokes this morning that hopefully they don't buy you because that's wasn't the second little Canadian company they bought in the last. Yeah, it was the second one in the last probably the last six weeks. So yeah, um, I do have a little curveball for you question on this: Is yeah. Schlesinger Group are they just building what is the biggest kind of end-to-end insights company? Because if you think about it. You have 2020 research, which was all qual, and particularly online qual. They came from a basis of kind of qual quant. You have Market Cube. You've got Opinion Capital, Methodify. I mean, pretty much they have the shopper stuff they've partnered with. Yeah. They bought some qual facilities even before that. Uh, they merged some qualitative facilities. Um, I think that they're really positioning themselves for to compete against um, the Ipsoses and the Cantars and the Nielsens, which, you know, they're giant global brands that can kind of do anything. Yep. Schlesinger in the past, I think, were considered kind of, you know, qualitative and healthcare and facility kind of company. And now, yes, you're right. They're compiling all these assets to really compete at every level. Um, that's how I think about it. They're looking for opportunities. And we talked about this on our webinar that, with the economy and through COVID, it's really in inflation. It's given opportunities to companies to spend money. It's also given opportunities for people to kind of get out and retire or <laughs> um, sell off. There's opportunities there that, you know what, I'm kind of done with this. I'm looking who's, I'm up for sale. Who's going to buy me? And so Schlesinger is certainly looking for opportunities to grow and add more capabilities. So I, I don't expect this to slow down. I mean, yeah, we've made the joke. So they've probably bought a bunch of companies since we started joking around about it. Right. I mean, there's probably some that don't make the announcement either. Right, right. They haven't announced some yet, and there's probably some minor deals. Yeah, this is the only news that they have. There's probably a whole team of people working around the clock to um, get this approved and what else is out there and merging them. It's, it's probably a big deal. Right. Well, talking about companies acquiring sampling technology, our next story – Pure Spectrum acquired the sampling technology from Dahlia to expand their marketplace and double the respondent volume that they could provide. Yeah, that's, this is kind of a big news. Um, most people probably haven't heard of Dahlia, but if you work in sampling, then you probably have. Um, Well-known in sampling and um, good news for them. I, I like to quote um, from Michael McCrary, who's a friend of the podcast, a big fan of Michael. From day one, our goal has always been to make research and thus life easier for our clients. Um, with this technology acquisition, our clients will see even better feasibility and no change in the data quality to expect when working with us. So it, this was a kind of an obvious deal, I think. It's a good fit for Dahlia and Pure Spectrum. And, you know, when you're adding that much feasibility, we know there's a supply and demand issue going on in our industry. And so Pure Spectrum leveraging that with all the other stuff they've kind of done recently, um, improving their platform and data quality and all that stuff um, seems like a good fit. I agree. Um, I know when this news broke, we were like, well, do they get the 
other kind of side business that the Dahlia founders were working on as part of yeah. this, uh, which is that brand management software, Latana. Yeah. But we found, no, it's that Pierce, they, d- essentially the Dahlia founders wanted to step away from the sampling piece and focus their energy on their new Latana product. And I think you saw that with Pure Spectrum finding something that fit really well with them and someone who was essentially what we just said, like looking to get out at least that specific space. So yeah, think of focus. Yeah. So yeah, good deal for ball parties. I like when that happens. Yeah. I mean, we're hitting a lot of uh, sample companies buying things over the last couple of weeks because our next story is Disco has acquired Feedback Loop, all, formerly known as Alpha. Uh, and Feedback Loop automates the research process, such as generating surveys, sourcing co- consumers, and analyzing and uncovering insights across area, including messaging and concept testing. Uh, friend of the podcast, Roddy Knowles, is over there at Feedback Loop. Yeah. So, yeah, this was another big one. We had quite a few big ones that hit over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, this is an under-the-radar big one. Um, I joked around with someone um, last week that they um, – that they really wanted to acquire Roddy, but I'm, I'm really kind of glad Roddy's back in. I mean, he's been in sample and he's been in the industry for a long time, but him moving over to disco is a big deal. And so I'm, I'm really excited to see what happens out of this. Um, from their press release, the acquisition accelerates disco's mission to build the most trusted platform that fuels brand growth by connecting consumer sentiments to their online behaviors. Um, so really cool stuff. Um, I'm a big fan of feedback loop, even though we don't really work with them. But it's, you know, kind of more agile research working with Disco. It's a kind of a it's something that I, for me, came out of left field a little bit, but it makes perfect sense when you start to put it all together. Um, they needed sample and feedback loop. Feedback loop needed a sample. And this really expands Disco's capabilities quite a bit. Yep. I, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't feedback loop have like a small panel they would pull from too? Yeah. Is that going to get incorporate? Do we know if that's going to get incorporated into Disco? They're going to leave it as its own little proprietary piece for only internal use, or? Yeah, I don't know. I would assume, but you know, what they say about assumptions, I would assume they're yeah. going to pull it in. But who knows? Um, who knows how that'll happen? But adding, you know, if Disco can bring more respondents, however they do it, to the ecosystem, that's a good thing for sure. And I know you joke that they acquired Roddy, but yeah. I, that could be part of it because if we're talking like personalities and brands within the industry, Roddy's up there. So, Oh yeah. He, um, he's the best Twitter follower during a conference. Cause he has, I mean, he's so freaking smart and witty. Um, so he'll have two or three witty tweets a day at a conference, which I love. He just got named a laureate through the inside association. Uh, we just bought a bunch of t-shirts that he kind of coined. So it's really the year of Roddy now that he's been acquired by another company. I really think it's the year of Roddy. We should get him a trophy. I, I think next time you see him, you hand him year of trophy. 2022 year, um, man of the year, yeah. uh, Roddy Knowles. I mean, it's 20, exactly halfway through the year. You can call it MVP, the 2022 MVP. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm happy for I mean, we know the disco people really well. Yeah. Um, Armin and Howard and Bonnie and now adding them. I mean, they have a lot of big personalities and people there. That's They're awesome. And that's another face and voice for the disco team. I hope they get to leverage. continue the podcast. They have a, you know, feedback loop had a podcast. I wonder if that'll roll into it too. Ooh, maybe that, maybe that's a sweetener. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, Fuel Cycle has launched a new tool called Brand Health Track. Tracked. 
providing continuous insights to help brands identify and react to newer market trends, change consumer mindsets, and new entrants in the market. Um, yep, Fuel Cycle, um, been around for quite a while, big fans of theirs. I know some people there, and they're real, super smart, good researchers. I think you see a lot of these brand tracker products emerge. That's the second one we've talked about just today. Um, don't know all the specifics about it, but they know what they're doing. They're good researchers. And so anything we can improve to, to let our clients have better insights and better decision-making with tracking, tracking work is a good thing. Um, more to come on our end on that maybe later this year as well. So, so um, yeah, cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, local company Market Vision uh, created a new role of the Director of Compliance and Privacy and has hired attorney Benjamin de Sengalt, I'm sure I butchered that and I apologize, to serve in this newly created role. So I kind of found this interesting that they have they're, had that real focus on privacy and compliance that I know a lot of us have kind of stumbled through, whether it's GDPR, CCPA, all of that. Market yeah. Vision has taken that step like, hey, you know what? We can't stumble through this anymore. We need a dedicated attorney to handle all of the changes that's going on. Yeah. I, I love this move. Um, and so, you know, I, I didn't think I knew a lot of this. They, they had employed people in London. And so they're probably, although they're not part of the EU and I guess technically not part of GDPR, they're dealing with GDPR issues all the time. Um, it's probably a lot more complex because they do qual and quant. Um, that makes things a lot more challenging. They have a little panel as well at market vision. And I, I'm not sure if it's little, I shouldn't have said that. They have a panel at Market Vision. And um, so they have a lot of compliance challenges, certainly, as they're global. They do quality and quant. They have a panel. So there's lots of stuff going on. This makes perfect sense. I I do like it. Um, Director of Compliance and Privacy is kind of a cool little role that I expect to see more of with other companies. Yeah, and you mentioned the – I did not know that they had people in London, but if they're transferring that data, there was just – a story a few weeks ago that there was the new legislation for data sharing between the US and the UK. That previous one okay. had expired. And so there were a lot of limitations on the data that could be transferred back and forth. So yep. I mean, not taking GDPR out of it, just even kind of navigating that, you almost need a person. So right. All right. Next up, Innovate comes back onto the list here. Uh, they have had a new person join their board of directors as a resident industry advisor. And that person is Kristen Luck. Yeah. Um, when I saw this, it doesn't surprise me. And then I went to her LinkedIn profile. And this is, I mean, this is what an amazing LinkedIn profile. She's on the board of directors at Innovate, board of directors at Rival Group. Um, ah, push the button. Um Executive in residence at Behringer Capital. She's the president of SMR. She's a strategic advisor for e-commerce insights AI, an advisor to Core Next, an investor. She's a board of directors of MTAB, strategic advisor to Sidex, board of directors of Insights Now, strategic advisor to Evelyn and Bobby, strategic advisor to SimSurf. There's more. Board of directors <laughs> of Forsta, uh, strategic advisor to Canvas. Um, Strategic advisor, she was uh, with Wagner Protocol and obviously Focus Vision and others. Um, that just tells you um, how much people respect her business prowess 
and we are still fortunate to have her in the industry heavily. And I didn't even mention Wire. I mean, she's the founder right. of Wire, and that's not even on her top 20 things that she's done in the past few years. You also um, forgot to mention Enemy of Sleep. <laughs> that's right. Um, so, I mean, she's obviously, she wouldn't be getting all of these um, if she wasn't good at her job. And so my guess is she's at a point now where she can be really choosy about which company she's joining. And so it's kind of a coup for Innovate to get her services, uh, given her knowledge of the space and the business side of things. I mean, we know that Innovate has had some changes, you know, with Lisa becoming CEO and some of the people moving to the board. Uh, so adding her to the board is just, I mean, that's just a coup. And I think also we probably should highlight that with Kristen coming on board, she has that background in investment banking and investment capital. Yeah. And we know Innovate just got that funding of venture capital. So this is, seems like a natural fit too, because she has, she can bring that perspective from both sides. Yep. Absolutely. All right. In our final story for today, um, this one I just saw this morning, S4 Capital has agreed to merge with Theorem One, which is an innovation and engineering company. The deal will see S4 Capital transition into being a technology and innovation firm, while Theorem One will be able to access new capabilities in media, content, data, and analytics. To me, this seemed like it came out of left field. Yeah, um, we haven't heard a lot about S4 recently. Um, so this is um, it's cool to see some news from them. I don't know all the details of this. It came out a little bit of left field. We wanted to kind of acknowledge it. But I don't know if I have anything to add until I really understand it, honestly. Well, I had saw that like S4 had announced their earnings, I want to say a couple of weeks ago, and they were up like an ungodly percentage. It was like near 100% year over year. Yeah. Like sit with Sir Martin Sorrell, he's been, this thing's been growing leaps and bounds. They're acquiring certain things, they're doing that. But the fact that they're merging with something that is not in that area yeah. at all. That's why I find this like completely out of left field. Like, oh, it, right up there was it uh, the Forsta and the? Um... Oh, confirm it. No, the oh, with, um, yeah, the healthcare company. Um, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Like that one. That's out. That's another one of those. Like what? Yeah. Well, I, I keep waiting for Sir Martin Sorrell to make a really, really big purchase. Um, <laughs> I think that's eventually going to happen. Is he just? I mean, makes big moves over and over and over again, building something really big, and I'm sure more to come. But yes, kind of is this, is this his end game though? Like, okay, now I've got this. Like, it doesn't really talk about what the future piece is going to be because it doesn't say acquired. It's merging, so yeah, it's more of a half-half. Is this is a hey, I'm going to go do something else again now? Like, and you shouldn't have when, got rid of me the first time. This is when it's out of my realm. I don't, I don't understand the investment part of business very well um all of this capital and stuff especially when you're merging but does that mean they have stake in everything that s4 does from now on i guess so so i don't know how, i don't know how that it's work. one it'll be one company once it closes so right profits so, debts all it's all the same then yeah so we'll see i mean i expect a lot more s4 news now that they're doing this yeah, sure. or Theorem One News, depending right. on which what they keep. Right. Theorem or is it? Or are we four. getting a new name? Right. Theorem Four Capital. Yeah. 
All right. That rounds out our news. I know that we covered a lot here pretty quickly, but we felt like we had to get this one done, seeing as the amount of news that dropped in the last like 10 days. There was one more. I think you skipped over. I don't know if it was intentional, the Cantar and QME one. I I did. I completely missed that. That was my fault. Yes, Cantar uh, acquired QME, the UK-based survey and fraud prevention technology provider. Yep, skipped right over that. That's okay. There's a lot. We had like 20 bullets on here. This is kind of a big under-the-radar deal. If you're in sample, you know who QME is. Um, Good people in the UK and um, interesting move for Cantar. They'll add that to their their research division called Profiles, which is a group of different sample companies that they use for most of their work. And um, yeah, big kind of a big deal. You know, if you don't don't know QME, they're they're um, a cool little platform. So good for them. Yeah. Now now that's the end of the stories. Yeah. Unless we unless we do a quick search for any breaking news, which unless something there. pops up on my alerts right now, and then we're gonna have to do a re like a a break in. Right. No, I think that's it. All right. Well, that brings us to a close. You and I have the scurry. If you're listening to this, this may have already happened because I don't know if we'll get this out for Friday, but we'll try. Um, Otherwise, this will have occurred. And on our next episode, we'll give you an update if we have won. Yeah, I I was just going to say, hopefully you are doing something for mental health at your company or doing something for mental health for yourself. we're fortunate, EMI, that we're really focused on it. We're doing a walking contest. We're doing the scurry. We're raising money. Um, our fun team is doing, organizing a lot of stuff. We're really focusing on mental health and wanted to mention that that's super important, especially in market research when we're kind of a small industry and one kind of big family. And mm-hmm. so we're focusing on it. And I'll just kind of close with that, if you, unless you want to add anything. I got one thing. You mentioned yeah. the step contest here. It's not, I'm going to do a little <laughs> smack talk. It's not really much of a contest. I'm destroying you all. <laughs> well, people are questioning how you're doing it, knowing that you have two little children. That's how drive, I'm doing it. <laughs> okay. You're driving an hour back and forth to work a couple of days a week. Um, you're destroying. I mean, I, I think you can stop walking at this point. And this, the contest is for the entire month of May and, yeah. and probably be in the top three if you stopped walking entirely, like if you were disabled. Yeah. Well, I was joking with a couple people at lunch. I'm like, ah, oh, I didn't get to my my daily goal of sixteen thousand yesterday, and they're like, what? oh my god. I'm like, no, I only got to fourteen nine. Ten thousand is for me really hard on a weekday. Um, weekend I can do ten. Ten thousand is a stretch goal for me on a weekday. I don't know how you do ten without running, you know, four or five miles. I don't know how you even do it. There are days it's a three mile, three four mile run at yeah. lunch. I mean, that, yeah. that gets you a good chunk. And then yeah. like, as we're recording this tonight, I have soccer practice with my son. So that's a yeah. good five, six there chasing 12, six-year-olds around. Right. That makes sense. So some days are easier than others. Yeah. Um, it's kind of cool that our company gets to do this and, um, you know, it's on our system, but, you know, it's kind of fun also. And, um, yeah, doing cool, cool stuff here. All right. With that, we will be back um, next week with a new with a future guest. Brian, do you want to tease that a touch? Um, yeah, we're going to be talking about um, being inclusive in surveys, and so we're going to be talking about making sure your surveys are inclusive of people that maybe not when you think of inclusivity, but you should as people that might be hearing impaired or sight impaired or colorblind. As a little known fact, that producer Brian is colorblind and. 
Um, lots of things that we can do in terms of designing research and surveys to make sure we're inclusive of pretty much anything. And so I think this is going to be a good topic. So yeah, good teaser on that one. All right. With that, we're going to close out. We'll talk to everyone next week. All right. Have a good week, everybody. Bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.